Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello. How are you? Good? Take a seat. So we've got a tag team preaching here tonight, but it's all about prayer and all about fasting. And tonight for a few minutes, I just want to talk to you personally. That's you and you and you and you and you. Whatever age you are, you can pray powerful prayers. You can pray powerful prayers. You and I can pray powerful prayers. And we have a scripture, and and to keep us all involved, because we want audience participation, okay? We don't want to be a frozen, chosen bunch here tonight. We want to be a full-on, interactive, Holy Ghost people. All right, let's, so where's our scripture? It's going to be James, there it is, James chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. And I want you nice and loudly to speak out the word together with me. Here we go. Ready? The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Powerful, powerful promise of God. It says that when we pray, the prayer of an earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So it says prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful because God gives us the access to his presence through prayer and what anything that God can do, prayer can do because it was God's plan for us to seek him and rely on him through prayer in the name of Jesus. There's lots of examples through the Bible of powerful men and women whom God answered their, used them powerfully to answer prayers. Moses prayed and God spared Israel from judgment. Hannah, a mighty woman of God in the Bible, was infertile, but she prayed. She cried out to God, and God gave her a baby boy, and she named him Samuel, and he became a powerful prophet of the Lord. Hezekiah prayed, and God added 15 years to his life. Elijah, the man we just read about there, he prayed, and the fire of God fell down from heaven, and and then later on he prayed, or before that rather, he prayed, and the rain stopped for three and a half years. Talk about climate change. Amen. His words, because God gave him a promise. God gave him a word to bring judgment against Israel, against the king Ahab, who was a wicked king. And he was married to a a heathen woman whose name was Jezebel. And she was a piece of work. And you can read all about that. Don't you love the Bible? First Kings chapter 17 and 18. What did I say? Anyway, shush. I've only got 13 minutes. So Elijah prayed and it stopped raining and then the God came to him and spoke to him again and said, it's time for the rain to come back. And and he said, I heard the sound of abundance of rain, not with his physical ears, but in his spirit, in his soul. God spoke to him and before he saw it, he heard it. And that's what's gonna happen to you. God will give you a promise from his word, the Bible. He will speak to you. He'll give you a promise for your unsaved relatives, a promise for healing, a promise for breakthrough in your life, for provision for the power of the Holy Spirit, very specifically. And the Bible says he heard the sound of abundance of rain. That's where faith comes. He heard it in his spirit. And you, over these 21 days, as you pray, as you seek God, as you fast, as you read the Word and open the Word, God will give you something specific. Say specific. 
specific, not the ocean, but specific. God wants to give you something specific. And that faith will arise within you like it did in Elijah's life. And he heard that promise and he prayed again and it rained. Man, did it rain. So we read these powerful people. We read about Jesus, the Son of God on earth. The Bible says he prayed and the heavens were opened. The Bible says that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed through even sweating great drops of blood. Aren't you glad that he did? Because he went all the way to the cross for you and took your sin and my sin and died for us that we could be saved and have a relationship with God. In the early church, that powerful early church, they prayed. One of their leaders, Peter, was, was bound up in prison by Herod who'd already killed a guy called James, chopped off his head for being a Christian, for preaching Jesus. And he intended to do the same to Peter and yet the Bible says Peter was kept in prison Acts 12 5 but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church and there were lots of people it says many people gathered prayer is for everybody prayer it's not for those who have a special gift of inter intercession I've never read about the gift of intercession. If you're a Christian, your natural native breath, just like oxygen is what we breathe physically, your natural native spiritual breath is prayer. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So listen, the prayer meeting's for you. It's not for that funny little person you think is a prayer warrior. Not that we have any of those. You are called to pray. Amen. So that I'll leave that, I'll leave that for the old ladies and the and the pastors. They can no, you are called to pray. You need to pray. Amen. I challenge you. Say, so I don't go. Yes, you do go to prayer meetings because that's what Christians do. That's how we connect with God, and that's how we see the miraculous and the impossible. In Jesus' name. Amen. Like one commentator said about Peter, he was brought out of prison. The, uh, this commentator said, the angel fetched Peter out of prison, but it was prayer that fetched the angel. And you say, look, I hear all these powerful stories of prayer, but that's not me. I'm, I'm weak. I'm a human being. I'm not a person of great faith. I don't see miracles. And what I love about this scripture, it says, Elijah is just as human as you are, as you and me, just as human. He's just as human. He, the King James says he was subject to like passions as we are. He was up and he was down. He was emotional. He had fears. He even got depressed. He ran from Jezebel. She said, I'm going to kill you for all you've done in the name of the Lord. And he ran out into the desert and he prayed. He, what prayer did he pray out there? One minute he's, he's on the mountain praying for fire to come down. Fire came down. Then he prayed for the rain to come back after three and a half years. That happened. And then what's he doing out in the desert? He's sitting under, I think it was a broom tree. One of the trees, broom trees. He sat under a broom tree and he prayed to die. He said, God, I can't take it anymore. I've had enough, just kill me. He was depressed. He was afraid. Yet not long before, he was courageous and powerful. See, we're human beings, but the power is in God in prayer. The power is in Jesus in prayer. The power is in the promises of God in prayer, in Jesus' name. So this, James wrote this by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Why did he put the story of Elijah in there and say, Elijah was as human as we are? Because it encourages us to believe that we can pray and see miracles just like the great men and women of God did in the Old and New Testament. Elijah was just like you and your prayers can be powerful and have miraculous results. Why? 
because you're always perfect and never up and down and never have difficult times. And No, but because our access to God is through Jesus Christ. It says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person. So, well, that counts me out. But our righteousness is Jesus. We've been made the righteousness of God in Him. And not only that, Christ is risen. He's our great high priest. We come boldly to the throne of grace and He's alive representing us before the Father. So your prayers are powerful because you're His child. You're righteous in Christ. And through Jesus, you have bold access into the presence of God, whether you feel up or down, however you feel, just keep on praying. And God, and that's the final thing. How, how long have I got, Pastor Layton? Where are we up to? You're not even watching. Okay. <laughs> so this is the final point. You can pray powerful prayers that release miracles. How? Well, Elijah prayed. And like I said, first of all, he had a promise from God. 1 Kings 17, 1 Kings 18. God spoke to him. He spoke to the king courageously, said, no more rain. And his prayers were powerful. Listen, I want to tell you that when we pray, talk about climate change, our prayers can change the atmosphere. They can change the spiritual atmosphere. Amen. We call it revival. God can change the atmosphere over the city of Greater Dandenong and Casey and, and, and uh, where else? Monash and Knox. And God can change the atmosphere in your school, in your university, if you pray. God can change the atmosphere in your home and in your house and over your children and over your family if you pray. Amen. Jesus prayed and the heavens were open and the Holy Spirit came down. That's what's going to happen over 21 days. Some bad atmospheres are going to be removed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And an atmosphere of faith and expectation is going to rise up. So there you go. He prayed. He prayed earnestly. He prayed fervently. Man, you read how he prayed. I haven't got time, but 1 Kings 18, he went up on the top of Carmel. He bowed down on the ground. He put his face between his knees. It was the Hebrew birthing position. He humbled himself and he really prayed. He was a weak human being who had human emotions and failures and faults like us. But the Holy Spirit came upon him and he prayed. And he persisted in his prayer. Remember, he sent out his servant. What was he looking for? He was praying for the rain to come back. He was looking for a cloud, a rain cloud. He had the promise in his heart. He heard the rain in his heart. God is going to cause you to hear things in your spirit from the Word, from the Scripture, from the Word of God, for your family. And you've got to believe it before you see it. He believed it. He knew what he was looking for. He was specific. And he sent his servant out seven times before there was a cloud the size of a man's hand. Don't give up when you pray. Don't quit. His servant came back and said, no, blue sky. He said, go again. Came back, blue sky, go again. Nope, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. And that's what God says to you about prayer. We're going to pray for 21 days, but that, we're going to keep on praying after that, aren't we? Keep on pressing into God, aren't we? For miracles and healings and salvations and the outpouring of the Spirit and financial provision for what God wants to do through this house. So they kept on praying. They prayed specifically, and then God brought the breakthrough. He got what he expected, and you can pray like that. As human as Elijah is, that's how human you are, but just like he got miracles through persistent faith and prayer, so can you have those miracles because God of Elijah is your God in Jesus' name. Here comes Pastor Layton right now. Amen.
Come on, put your hands together for Pastor Chris. We love you, Pastor Chris. We really do. I like that <laughs> leg thing. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, prayer and fasting. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Nehemiah chapter 1. And uh, I'm going to read from uh, chapter 1 and chapter 2 as we uh, lead this meeting through and into our prayer meeting. On Friday night, I was meant to catch up with some friends in the city. My wife and I were headed into the city, and we had plans to meet with uh, a ministry couple who were great friends of ours, and at the last minute, they cancelled, and so I didn't let Ailey know. I thought, we're going to go on a date. This is going to be great. Uh, we got an opportunity with the kids at youth and doing their thing. We'll get into the city and, and uh, just have some time, just the two of us. And so we did. We were able to get in and watch a movie. It was a wonderful surprise. Is, uh, you know, all the husbands, you know, if you can surprise your wife with good things, it's good for you. And uh, so we went and we watched a movie, but it was an early movie. We didn't get a chance to eat dinner. So on our way back through to come and get our kids from youth, uh, we're a bit hungry. We'd eaten some popcorn, but we're hungry for sort of a, a, you know, a meal. And so we pulled into one of these fast food restaurants. I won't name it, uh, but you know the ones that I'm talking about. And we go in, there's a whole big lineup of cars. It's about nine, quarter to 10 uh, on Friday night. There's a whole lineup of cars out the drive-through. Thought we're not going through drive-through, it'll be quicker to go inside. And so we go inside and they've got these new screens that you go up to and you can see fingerprints and smears all over these screens. Maybe 8,000 people have already touched them that day and, you know, ordered their hamburger and their whatever. And so we're ordering our thing and, uh, and we, you know, it sort of it spits out a receipt. You make your payment at this little iPad up on the wall and it uh, spits out a receipt and then you wait for them to call your number. And so I'm waiting there and they call out medium uh, latte. Yes, that's mine. Thank you very much. And then they call out our food hamburger and the number and we collect our food. And I, as we're standing there, and this is a hand on my heart, I'm standing there and I'm thinking, I used to work at this restaurant when I was 15 years old. And we used to make up dozens of hamburgers. And we had a whole lineup of people would stand behind the counter there to say, would you like fries with that? Can I help you? There was customer service. And as I stood there on Friday night, two nights ago, I literally bought my meal as nutritionist, nutrition. I'm glad, everyone less fast, all right? <laughs> as nutritional as it was. And I thought, I've stood here and not a single person has said to me, can I help you? How can I help you? Would you like help with your order? I'd come in and I'd made the, you know, the whole order myself and I'd paid for it myself and I'd waited there with my ticket until my number was called and I'd grab my meal and out we went, Ailey and I, and off we went. I thought this idea about can I help you? Dave, I know you're the king of the segue. That's my segue right there. How can I help you? How can I help you? See, in Nehemiah chapter one, and when we come around prayer and fasting and, and, and this season in our church life, for me, I always go back to the story of Nehemiah. It really speaks to my heart. And in Nehemiah chapter one, verse one through four, it reads like this. These are the memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hecalia. In late autumn of the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. 
I asked them about the Jews who had survived the captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. And they replied with this report. They said, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been burned. And verse four, Nehemiah responds, when I heard this, I sat down and I wept. And for, uh, in fact, for days, I mourned, I fasted, and I prayed to the God of heaven. So the rest of chapter one follows this outline of how he begins to pray. He begins to pray, oh God, you're great and awesome God, a God whose covenant is true, a God who loves us, whose, uh, whose, whose mercy to us is unfailing. He outlines who God is and he begins to repent. And then at the, at the bottom of chapter one, he comes in with a prayer that says, God, use me, grant me favor because I'm gonna take something... Uh, personal responsibility for what has gripped my heart. See, for each of us, there are situations and circumstances that grip our heart. It might be something we see on the news, certainly around church life, and Pastor Chris has already uh, so passionately presented, prayer is for all of us. And why do we pray? We pray because we touch the heart of God and we lean into His presence and we find what His heartbeat is for us. We experience His love. We encounter the Holy Spirit. There's so much of this uh, relationship that we enjoy with God when we pray. But for Nehemiah, it was something that had gripped his heart and it caused him to sit down, to take a posture where for days he sat and he fasted and he prayed. He fasted and he prayed. And it goes on with chapter one, this outline. Chapter two opens with these words, early the following spring, so four months have gone past. And early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. So Nehemiah is this man who's got a privileged position in the king's court and he was serving the king his wine. And it says here that I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? Have you ever had someone come into your, your company and come into your, your world and maybe entered the room and it's just deme- the, 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 uh, can't say the demeanor on their face? Their whole expression just speaks something about what's going on on the inside of them. So, so powerfully had it gripped Nehemiah's heart that he presented before the king with such sadness. And the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. And I was terrified, Nehemiah says, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And the king replied, now this is an earthly king. I want you to make the transition with me in your own mind, and your own heart. This is, a, this is King Artaxerxes. This is a, 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 a king who's got them in captivity. And the king replies, well, how can I help you? How can I help you? Nehemiah took some personal responsibility about this issue that he had seen. And he's standing before the king and the king's saying, how can I help you? Now this king being Artaxerxes, the king of Persia, we stand before God Almighty. We stand before the king of all kings, the one whose name is greater than all names. And we have this opportunity to come before the king in prayer and hear hear God say to us, how can I help? How can I help? What can I do for you? 
See, Nehemiah in chapter one, he had prayed these words and he had declared of who God is. And tonight, I believe tonight, we've already sung it, but tonight is about declaring who God is. Nehemiah prayed this. He says, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love. What a powerful God. That's Nehemiah, this is the Old Testament. This is the same God who when Jesus walked the earth, Jesus sat down and began to teach people and teach us. He says, this is how you should pray. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Sacred and holy is your name. We're not just praying to a dead God. We're not just praying to a, 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 a finite God. We're not praying to a God who is lacking in power. We're praying to our Father in heaven. Holy and sacred is your name. All powerful and mighty is your name. Great and awesome is your name. It's the same God that the psalmist wrote and said, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Let me say that again. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? We might not look to the hills, but we look to Instagram or we look to the, the, you know, something online, or we're looking to the latest thing that we can hear and that we can listen to. Where does my help come from? My help doesn't come from all these things. My help doesn't come from over here or from over there. My help comes from the Lord, who made the heavens and the earth. This is the same God that you and I have come together and that we worship, the same powerful God that we cry out to in prayer. The same God, loving and full of mercy, who when we fast and pray, we're not twisting His arm with our needs and our requests. It's a loving interaction between our Father in heaven and His people, His sons and His daughters. And we come to Him and He loves us. He says, how can I help? If I can have the worship team join me and we move on in the service. It's the same God. We're not twisting His arm. Rather, we're leaning in and we're deepening our devotion. It's our trust going to a new level. We're, relinquish, we're relinquishing control, letting go of control. I'm holding on to this thing because I think I can work it out. The issues of my family, the issues of my health, the situations around my finance or my household, I can do this. I can get the help that I, no, no, no. And we lean in and we get close to God, and we come into His presence, and we begin to pray. And like Pastor Chris has said, and we read from James, we see that Elijah was a man just like us. He was able to stop the heavens, stop the rain, start the rain, because he prayed. He had faith in God. Tonight, I sense a great level of faith in God, a great sense of hunger tonight. This is what the Bible also goes on, and it says about the God who helps us. I don't know tonight if you're here, you're saying, I do need some help. There's some situations that are happening in, a, in and around me. I need some help. Well, this is what the Bible says about the God who helps us. In John chapter 14, this is Jesus speaking. He says, and I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. And in verse 26 of John 14, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Romans chapter eight and verse 26 says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And listen to this, for even when we do not know what to pray, have you ever had that moment? You set time and you, you've got the environment right and you're just focused and you sit down to pray. You don't even, the words are not even there. I don't even know what to pray. Well, the Bible says here that the Holy Spirit helps us 
in that moment. The Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He searches hearts and knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And then verse 28, a famous passage, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. All things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Our help comes from the Lord. Why do we fast? Fasting is pushing away all the distractions. I don't need another Netflix binge session. I just need Jesus. I don't need another inspirational quote from my social media feed. I just need time in His presence. I don't need that wisdom that comes from over here or from over there or these distractions or these man-made things to help me in this thing that I might be walking through or that you might be walking through. We just need Jesus. He is our comforter and our helper, the Holy Spirit. He is with us always. You know, this week on social media, on our church social media, the question was put out, what are you believing God for during 21 days of prayer and fasting? I actually screenshot and wrote all down every response that was written uh, that people responded. Many of you, I, you could have responded yourselves. It could very well have said, God is saying, how can I help? What are you believing for during this time? These were the responses that came through. Believing for miracles. Believing for miracles, believing for healing, believing for breakthrough in the workplace. I need help for my healthy marriage, for my marriage to go to a new level of health. I need healing. There's people responding saying, I'm believing God for wisdom. I'm believing God for greater influence. I'm believing God for a home. How many people tonight would say, I need breakthrough financially because we're stuck in a rental. We're stuck in this financial circle. It's like a merry-go-round. We just so desperately want to get off, off and we're saving and we're putting money aside. I believe God wants to come through for you. I believe God wants to break through into that situation. People believing for greater intimacy with God, for direction and for guidance. And so it went on. So these 21 days, we're gonna fast and we're gonna pray. It's not that it starts tomorrow, it does start tomorrow, but it starts right now. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.